What is up? This is Evan Lovett, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast, In a Minute with Evan Lovett, an Odyssey original brought to you by yours truly, your host, Evan Lovett, where you may know me from my social media page, LA In a Minute. I'd love to invite you along for a personal and intimate ride as I share interesting facts about all sorts of things you didn't know that you needed to know. Be entertained and informed as I bring you into my mind to see the world through my lens. There's history everywhere, as long as you know where to look. Let's get into it. Yo, episode number 28. As always, coming to you live from the I Am Studios in the heart of Los Angeles. And a ton of good feedback on the new intro. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow. When you follow, that automatic download hits your alerts every Friday morning, and that is huge for In a Minute with Evan Lovett. Odyssey distributes our show, but we're on every platform. So please, wherever you are, hit that follow, leave a five-star rating, and if you have the time, write a review. Really helps my algorithm and gets us in front of more people. So now this week, <laughs> I'm going to dive into something brought to my attention that I didn't know a ton about, but it's a microcosm of a huge issue in Los Angeles. This is a story about a powerful developer that wants what he wants and won't take no for an answer, but he has an opponent, the almighty Los Angeles City Council that is doing everything they can to flex their governmental power in order to stop them. This is the battle for Benedict Canyon. Let's get into it. Okay, so I wanted to do this episode because there are so many of these battles, these property values in various neighborhoods all over Los Angeles, right? Some call it NIMBYs and YIMBYs. Some say it's a terrible city to build or we need to build more. So this is the story of the dynamic of developer versus government. Now, the government's role, especially in Los Angeles, at least as I'm told and, you know, as I've kind of seen, is to make it very difficult to develop and build in Los Angeles. Now, there are reasons, of course, but a separate and simultaneous narrative is that we need to build more housing and, you know, development is good and we're the city of the future. And though this particular issue today is not a housing issue, it gives me, gave me some insight and it showed the roadmap on both sides as to why these decisions are so difficult for neighborhoods, for residents, for businesses, and for the city of Los Angeles. And I'm going to need your input. There's a lot of moving parts here. I'm going to try to be as factual down the middle as possible because really I see both sides. I don't know if the word is ambivalent. Maybe it's indecisive, but I get it. So I really want your input. You know I'm going to end up putting this on stories on posts. So here we go. Now, fights you may be familiar with. There's a fight right now in West LA near the West Side Pavilion to build interim housing on that site. There's a battle in Studio City to turn a landmark neighborhood golf and tennis facility into a world-class athletic facility for Harvard-Westlake. So this is Los Angeles, and wherever there's development coming in, the NIMBYs, not in my backyard, are pitted against the YIMBYs that want the project. 
So I'm going to focus on one of these potential battles. And this one is the largest scale, both financially and physically. And the thing is, it's right in the geographic center of Los Angeles. More on that later. And it involves a ton of pissed off people on both sides. So before the details of this story, the craziest thing to me is this is a $450 million project. That's the number that was quoted to me. And honestly, I talked to some pretty politically active people, neighborhood oriented people. And this story is flying right under the radar. This is a project that can literally change the entirety of the Santa Monica mountains, the scope of our city and canyons. And nobody outside of that neighborhood is really talking about it. So let's talk about it. That is what we are going to do. You listen to this episode. Let me know what you think. And I'm going to just try to sort through and figure out what I think as we go. So the story starts eight years ago. In 2015, there's a developer named Gary Safety. He purchased a 33-acre parcel of land high in the Santa Monica Mountains, right off of Benedict Canyon. And now when he proposed what he was going to do with this property, he was going to develop something called the retreat. He announced this in 2018. So three years after he bought it, it was going to have 99 rooms and it was supposed to be a massive ultra luxury hotel. Now it's since been revised downward with fewer rooms and it's dubbed the Bulgari hotel, or maybe it's Bulgari. I don't know the pronunciation to be fully honest, but I do know that it's part of the LVMH brand and that LVMH stands for Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. This is a company that's one of the most valuable brands in the world, the ultimate in luxury brands. This company, LVMH, they own Dom Perignon, Dior, Louis Vuitton, Fendi, Sephora, Tiffany, Celine, Marc Jacobs, and of course, Bulgari, or is it Bulgari? Either way, Bulgari, that company that, that owns Bulgari, has these Bulgari hotels around the world in places like Dubai and Paris as some of the most ultra elite hotels possible, and they want to build this one off of Benedict Canyon. And the CEO is one of the richest men in the world, Bernard Arnault, whose worth, at least according to Forbes, is $230 billion. So he runs LVMH, which tapped Safety to get this project up and running. And the size revision coming from Gary Safety was from 99 rooms to the current proposed 58. But more on the specs in a little bit. So this is a Beverly Hills adjacent site, this ultra luxury upscale hotel project. And maybe that's why people aren't diving in. You know what I mean? This is the exclusive of the exclusive. And this is a neighborhood where home prices range from $3 million to well over $100 million. And this site in particular that Safety bought, it's the 33 acre former home of billionaire businessman, Kirk Kerkorian, one of the men responsible for building Las Vegas, the former owner of MGM. All right, that's his property. And it was sold to Safety in 2015 for $19 million. So Safety had the aspirations of building this full-scale luxury and wellness resort. But there was a huge caveat. This land that he purchased is not zoned for a hotel. 
L.A., zoning. I mean, any city needs to zone properly to grow correctly. In this area, Benedict Canyon off Hutton Drive is not zoned for a hotel. So Gary still wanted to make his dreams come true. And he knew there was an uphill battle. And he was prepared for the long haul. So eight years into this project now, the project still hasn't been started, by the way. Safety's dream is in dire jeopardy of coming to an end. One of the reasons? Los Angeles Council member Katie Yaroslavsky. This past week, Yaroslavsky, who represents the 5th District, which includes this property, was able to garner enough votes to the opposition of this project on a council vote that as it stands right now, the project only has a sliver of hope to continue after the vote that Yaroslavsky was able to rally up. So I want to give some background of how this came to be. Let's, let's, let's start with the characters. Gary Safety. I actually talked to Gary Safety for this story. Seemed like a decent guy from our conversation. I know he was on. You got to be on. I'm not saying he's a saint, but for our conversation, he seemed, you know, legit enough. He said what he needed to say, said what he wanted to say, and I'm appreciative of his time. But his background is his family's initially from Lebanon. They immigrated to California. Stockton, sort of hard scrabble, but I've been through Stockton, decent place. He had three brothers, and he was the first one in his family to complete college. And he did so in L.A., went to LMU, Loyola Marymount. And he put himself through college while working for the union. This is going to play a part later in the story. He was a union construction laborer. So he got married, and him and his wife moved in with his grandmother, family, immigrant family, but he did it to save money because he was entrepreneurial, at least in spirit. And he was. Instead of buying a house, what he was saving money for was to buy his first piece of land, a 5,000 square foot shopping center in Palmdale. Now that was successful. And it was his first taste of, of being a developer. And he was eventually able to save enough, bought a home in Encino. And his career took off from there he became a commercial real estate developer and he went on to develop over four million square feet of shopping centers mixed-use projects and hotels and you know as many people in la are want to do he became a movie producer for a couple movies including something called the culling and machine gun preacher and now bulgaria hotels across the world this would be the first one in los angeles and that is the gleaming goal for Gary Safety at this point. Now let's get into Katie Yaroslavsky's background. Now it's worth mentioning, I reached out to Katie Yaroslavsky's team via email, via DM, and they did not honor my request for info or for quotes. So what I have here was pieced together from her online bios. Now, you know, if you've been listening to In A Minute with Evan Lovett, if you watch Ellie A Minute, you know I'm about the facts and I'm about accuracy. Um... So I'm trying my best, but I did reach out to get any corrections from her side as well. So this is what I got on her bio. She is a Los Angeles native. And in fact, she's the daughter-in-law of Zev Yaroslavsky. Now, I know the name. As I mentioned last episode, my dad was heavy into unions and local LA politics. I'd always heard the name Zev Yaroslavsky in positive light. And he's legendary around Los Angeles. In fact, the Zev Yaroslavsky Greenway for the LA River is about a thousand yards from my house. So I see his name every day when I'm walking across the river to the studio. And now Katie Yaroslavsky graduated 
from UC Berkeley and got her law degree in UCLA. So definitely LA person. Appreciate that. She went on to work in the office of LA County Supervisor Sheila Cool, another very, very powerful person in 21st century uh, LA politics. And her mom had previously worked for Cool. But prior to join, joining Supervisor Cool's staff, she served as the general counsel and director of government affairs at the Climate Action Reserve, which is an LA-based environmental nonprofit. And this is a theme for Yaroslavsky. She also worked as a land use and environmental attorney at Latham and Watkins, huge, powerful firm, and the Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy. So her environmental background is extremely important, especially in her role in this situation. So let's talk about what the project actually was now that we have the background of the principles here. Savity's project, which would be the first Bulgari property on the West Coast, it, it, it's been the subject of a toxic development fight for years, right? For as long as it's been bandied about. Proponents argue that it represents a low-impact, eco-friendly retreat that would benefit the wealthy neighborhood. Opponents claim that it would amount to an environmental catastrophe, amongst other things. I'll get, I'm taking it into both sides. Here we go. So as mentioned, it was initially slated to be 99 rooms and has been downgraded to 58. But downgrade is a tough word to use here because make no mistake, this is the pinnacle of resort luxury. Safety's Bulgari Hotel plans includes a 10,000 square foot spa, top quality Italian restaurant, sushi restaurant, private theater, 18 guest bungalow buildings, and also eight private estates. So if it's completed, it will be one of eight existing hotels operated by the hospitality firm under LVMH, which is a French holding company created by the merger of Fashion House Louis Vuitton and Moet Hennessy. And the hotel itself, the maximum occupancy, which would be the maximum occupancy would be 715 people, which includes 130 employees per shift. That's a lot of people coming in on one property in the canyon now amongst the project supporters and this is according to letters written on behalf of the project include mark Wahlberg, aston kutcher mila kunis gerard butler orlando bloom adrian brody and john lovitz and rock musician gene simmons Mwah, kiss and if you want to see more about that side and its supporters the site is called enhancearcanyon.org which is funny because on the other side, the opponent's site is SaveOurCanyon.LA. See that? Enhance Our Canyon, Save Our Canyon. This is kind of funny. And I'm sort of telling this one backwards because I want to show the uh, symmetry here. The neighbors that have signed testimonials in opposition to Safety's project are Doors guitarist Robbie Krieger, television host Phil McGraw, Dr. Phil, Jacqueline Bissett, Stephanie Powers. So we have high power people on both sides before not even counting the principles. So why though? So the so reason Yaroslavsky opposed it. She argues that the hotel is inappropriate for the area, particularly amid the growing threat of hillside fires. This is a quote coming up from the papers where I got it. 
The last thing we should be doing is putting a hotel smack in the middle of a high fire severity zone. Simply put, it is the wrong project in the wrong location and shouldn't have gotten this far in the first place. Interesting. Fire danger is real in the canyons and hills. There have been historic fires in Laurel Canyon, the canyons, Malibu. You know that. And additionally, critics of the project complain about the potential traffic and noise. Remember that number, 715 people in the canyons, which are exclusive. Let's call it what it is. Especially if the hotel is going to host weddings, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, and other social events. Benedict Canyon is already heavily used as an alternative to the 405. I can vouch for that between the Valley and West LA. And they say adding a hotel in the neighborhood will only aggravate the traffic headaches. Okay, that's fair. I've seen it firsthand. And the neighborhood. You drive through these canyons. I mean, it is LA. They're beautiful. You know, it's a different kind of beauty, but it's beautiful. Oak trees, sycamore, willow trees. These are actually trees that are native to Los Angeles, which intrigues me. And those trees now, if you drive the canyon, those trees are peppered with signs against the hotel project. So there, there's definitely a lot of heat on both sides coming in. So th- th- those are the basics, pro versus con. But the fight took a new turn earlier this summer. And Yaroslavsky, by the way, I, should, I need to mention this. Yaroslavsky was elected to the council in 2022. She defeated Sam Yebri in the very competitive 5th district. So she's a relatively new council member. And she campaigned on stopping this hotel project. She was vocal about it. And she is what's being described as a leading opponent of it. So... In her freshman year in the city council, she raised ethical concerns about Sabby's previous lobbying efforts. Okay. Gets a little in the weeds here, but, but follow me out. In 2017, when the project was being planned in its early stages, Safety hired a lobbyist who was married to the planning deputy for the district at the time where the project is located. So that's a theoretical conflict of interest a definite quote unquote ethical concern. So maybe a little misdirection, but that's politics. That's how both sides work. And she has spent the several months, last several months, most of 2023, trying to halt the project from continuing through the review phase, because it's important to know that this hotel is going through what's called an environmental impact review. And this is only after the project cleared an initial city planning hurdle several years ago but it would still need to be approved by the city council and would still need another vote once the environmental review is done. So Safety's big claim is this vote. Yaroslavsky was able to rally up the vote before the environmental impact report was completed. Safety says his due process is being violated. Why not wait until after that environmental report? If there are environmental concerns, if there are fire concerns, wait until we see what the report says. So that's what he told me. He said that a council member elected last year being able to upend the project in less than a full calendar year in office is not great. Now, again, that's words being hurled again, politics. And Safety has said that he thinks this project can fit in seamlessly with the environment. And he's working to ensure an exceptional eco-friendly development. He says... 
This EIR, the Environmental Impact Report, will reflect our ethos. This is a quote. The environment, the wildlife, fire prevention, traffic mitigation, open space, sustainability are first. And that is why it's important that the process continues. That is why he thinks they should not have been able to have this vote prior to the report coming out. In his detail, he says all significant and protected trees that are removed will be replaced and there will be a net gain of trees and those replaced will be consistent with the city's protected tree ordinance. He also says that there are four members of the LA Fire Department who he's worked with on the project. He doesn't say they wrote to the city council saying the project would improve fire safety in the area. By building wider upgraded access roads, installing new fire hydrants and water mains, removing brush and non-native fire prone trees and replacing them with native drought resistant vegetation. This is from the fire department. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. John Miller, Jimmy Hill, Daryl Arbutnot, and Craig Fry signed the letter. They all served as deputy or battalion chiefs or as bureau commanders. So, Yaroslavsky saying it's a fire hazard may or may not. It, 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 look, I don't know. I'm, I've been up there. I don't know the details. I see the letters, but I know there's so many politics involved. Okay. And I do know that neighborhood is important, but it's also important that a city moves forward. I am truthfully both sides. I'm seeing this. And Yaroslavsky, she, again, she campaigned on the issue and she had brought the motion for a vote this spring. But in the first vote, by the way, this is in March, the city council deadlocked seven to seven. And that's why there is the second vote. And again, Safety saying the second vote needs to wait till after the report comes out. And there are some council members that express concern about the timing of the vote because they're saying it's during this environmental review. But the vote went ahead anyway. And by a vote of eight to six, with one council member walking out, abstaining, I guess you'd say, the council backed Katie Yaroslavsky's motion asking that the city's planning director intervene and consider stopping the proposed Bulgari resort in Los Angeles. Now, what's interesting is council member Tracy Park, who represents the West Side, voted for the motion, which was Yaroslavsky's side, after voting against it the first time. And Park's rationale was that she spoke to constituents from across the hillsides, including her own district, residents who care deeply about natural resources and worry about the precedent that this project sets for the health of the Santa Monica Mountains. She also mentioned fires, a concern which is even more timely in light of the devastating fires in Maui. Now, I don't know what Maui has to do with Benedict Canyon, but the fires, that is real in L.A. If you've lived here for more than six months, a year, you've seen wildfires. So it's important to know that the council's action didn't stop the development, but it asked the city planning director, Vince Bertoni, to intervene and rescind what's called the general plan amendment, which would basically allow the building. So the planning department, after second vote, said it will carefully consider the request. And now Representative Mayor Karen Bass's office didn't comment after the last vote, but Bass does have the ability to hire and fire the planning director. And she did oppose the resort on the campaign trail last year. So at the end of the day, a developer wants due process prior to a vote being made. And he even told me, he says, if I get due process and they vote against it, I'll walk away. But Yaroslavsky's position is that we shouldn't be here in the first place. We're not zoned for this. This is neighborhood. This is fire safety. This is community. 
And this is to protect the residents. So I want to know what side are you on? What is your opinion on this? Should the developer be able to build what he wants, where he wants, when he wants, building codes be damned? I mean, good for the economy is good for Los Angeles and LA has always been the city of the future. But even if you don't want the hotel, at the very least, should Safety get due process and the ability for all the information to come forward before the vote is made? Or is nobody above these codes and legislation and Yaroslavsky and the city council doing the right thing, protecting the environment, concerned about fire safety. And even though at the end of the day, Safety could just build homes there and there would be no city council vote. So is that a solution? Let me know what you think. I'm really curious what people think about it. There will be posts all week. You know this. But yeah, the battle for Benedict Canyon right there in the center of Los Angeles. And speaking of the center of Los Angeles, if you're going to do one thing in LA this week, do this. Go to the exact geographic center of Los Angeles. What? How could there be a geographic center to a city that's shaped? If you guys seen the outline, the silhouette of Los Angeles, like how do you even consider finding the center of in between San Pedro, Silmar, West Hills and El Sereno? It's hilarious. But there is one and you're going to go and it's free. Because as we all know, Los Angeles is one of the most massively sprawling cities in the U.S. 503 square miles of oceans, deserts, and mountains. So where is the exact center? Well, the late Alan Edwards gave us the answer. And he even documented it with a lovely plaque. Alan Edwards worked for the United States Geological Survey, USGS. And he was a guide at Franklin Canyon Park for the Mountains Recreation and Conservation Authority. And apparently, it was his obsession to find the exact center of Los Angeles. And it's located right there in Franklin Canyon Park. And I'll give you the details. Now, Franklin Canyon, if you've been there, I I didn't know it was there. I drove through the valley and the city every year for my first two years at UCLA. I had no idea it was there. That's, a, that's about where it is, by the way. Santa Monica Mountains, right near this potential Bulgaria hotel. And this is a 605-acre park. So the plaque can be a little bit tough to find. And it's worth noting, this is some wildlife. There's deer, coyotes, raccoons, natural springs, ponds. Oh, man, I bet now, too, after that, the tropical storm Hillary, it's got to be crazy. So be careful, by the way. I must say that, too. But the mystical location, it's known as Edwards Point, at least colloquially. And the plaque's under a small oak tree just past the borders of, well, the Franklin Canyon parking lot. It's on what's called the Chaparral Trail. And honestly, I went there and it's really freaking cool. It's a tiny plaque. It is. It's probably as big as a laptop, maybe even less. Post a picture of it, obviously. I'll probably repost or even redo that episode. But it's kind of neat. And now when you pull up that aforementioned silhouette of Los Angeles, like I was talking about, you're like, wait, maybe it is the center. But I want to tell you a story how Edwards, who was a lot more uh, technically proficient than me, a lot more of a geological expert, actually figured this out. So as the story goes, Edwards took a four foot by six foot map of Los Angeles from AAA, the, the driving organization. 
and he cut out the city along its edges. And he placed that map on a piece of lightweight foam core board that ultimately was the size of a double bed. So when he cut out the edges, he subsequently cut out the holes to eliminate island cities, Beverly Hills, West Hollywood, San Fernando. They're their own cities as well as unincorporated areas. So this is really meticulous. He has this huge piece of foam core board with a map on it. It's the size of a double bed. So then he takes this foam core board map of Los Angeles and placed it on top of a vertical pin. I don't know how big the pin was. But he placed it until the contraption balanced. And once the contraption, I'm laughing because I'm just trying to picture this in my head. This thing is huge. This guy, I love this guy. So once that contraption was balanced, he transferred the balance point to its corresponding location using a USGS topographic map. And that point happens to be at latitude, and I don't know how to read, 34 degrees 0731 north and longitude 118 degrees 2356 west at an altitude of 720 feet. And that's right in Franklin Canyon, right there in the Santa Monica Mountains. So it's not an official designation, but he did mark it by an unassuming and hand-stamped plaque embedded in concrete. And the quote on there, it says, exact center, point of balance on the plane of the city of Los Angeles dated December 30th, 1990. Those are the original coordinates and it's stamped Alan E. Edwards. What a guy, because that is a fun, obscure piece of trivia. And it's really neat to go see, but I still got to give you a little background. And by the way, you want to go find, I'm, I'm going to post it. So go to my feed. I'll post where it is in the whole story, Bonnie, if you need exactly, if you're not good at latitude and longitude like myself. But I got to tell you about Alan Edwards. Before he worked for the USGS, he was a Korean War veteran and went to UCLA on the GI Bill. And he studied research psychology at the UCLA Medical Center. And he ended up volunteering in the William Douglas Outdoor Classroom in Franklin Canyon. He led educational hikes. He also volunteered at the Japanese Garden in the San Fernando Valley, where he was a docent. He also volunteered at the Valley College Historical Museum Society. So this guy was eternally curious. And the plaque? A quirky little plaque that marks the center of Los Angeles. His wife, Beth, told the LA Times in 1998... There's something of a guerrilla operation. I mean, how do you get a plaque in the ground at a, at a national park? So they didn't want to ask permission because the problem is that somebody might say no. So he just fashioned this plaque from scrap metal. And along with his wife, he carried it in with a shovel and concrete mix. They found a spot under a walnut tree near an oak tree, dug a hole, mixed enough concrete to make sure the marker wouldn't be easily removed. And voila. And for 33 years... Maybe as a wink-wink testament to Edwards, or maybe it's a service to the city of Los Angeles, but that plaque remains. And that, my friends, is the center of Los Angeles. And that is episode 28. So thank you for listening to In a Minute with Evan Lovett. Thank you for joining me on this journey around this amazing city. Whew. Safety, Yaroslavsky, developers, the city. Oh my God, my head is spinning right now. But 
you're still with me, give a five-star rating. It, ha- it helps so much. And so do reviews. I really, really, really appreciate you listening. We're continuing to grow every week. Follow and subscribe. Tell your friends. And thank you for supporting In A Minute with Evan Lovett. All right, y'all. It's been a minute.